Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm V, and your comic book nerd. How was your guys' um, National Genocide Day? Uh, it was It was a day. Yeah. But you had Can to work. No, no, no. So I didn't work on Thursday, right? Um, Thursday was oh, cool. Sneaky. You guys don't open on Thursdays. No. I when I used to work at Best Buy, we did. And that was hell. And, like, it really bothers me um, as as someone who works in retail sales. Like, I get I get Black Friday, right? And, like, we open early on Black Friday. Um, mm-hmm. It's the only day of the year this year that we actually opened early on um, even for – the Apple launch, we opened um, business as usual. But for Black Friday, we opened at 8, right? Like, it's reasonable, you know? Like, mm-hmm. w- opening at 8 o'clock for Black Friday. Like, that's not, that's nothing crazy. Um, granted... Wait, you open, you open at 8 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock at night on no, the no, Thursday before? No, no, no. 8 a.m. Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, our normal store hours... We open at 11 at my store, but uh, most stores open at 10. My store is the only one that opens at 11. So it's like for most stores opening two hours early for Black Friday isn't, isn't that big of a deal, you know? Um, and like we don't have like random holiday hours where we're open later either. It's just that one day. Black Friday is the only day that we're you open. You guys were lucky. We, we, when I worked at retail, we did have holiday hours. Yeah, no, no. We did too until I want to I think it was last year, maybe. Yeah. No, we opened early last year. So until this year, we stopped doing like holiday hours where like we'd open early or close late. Um, for the most part, it was opening early. But yeah, we didn't. We, we stopped doing that this year. Isn't that usually a mall decision though? The malls are the ones that, that increase the hours and shrink the hours. But we don't work at a mall. We work at a strip mall. So we actually can control. That's what I'm saying. Those, those strip malls have – so like uh, Irvine Marketplace, the marketplace mm-hmm. uh, is the one that decides – holiday hours it's not actually the corporation i mean corporations can decide not to participate but yeah it's that mall that decides yeah they can but no we decided not to so like you know like because we're in the same shopping center as a chick-fil-a and like chick-fil-a's aren't open on sunday the mall doesn't designate that they have to be open on sunday you know um but yeah man it was it was a hectic day right like i i worked um a full bell to bell. So I got there like at seven 30. I didn't leave until like nine 15, nine 20 ish. And I may have taken a total of like five to 10 minutes of a break all day, but it's cause like my store is, is short staffed. We only have five employees at my store. Um, and like there was customers all day long. Like you didn't really have a break. You could like, my managers would tell me to take a break, but like I work commission, man. It was the second to last day of the month. And like, it's the busiest. No, retail day. What the commission can't stand. It. No, can't stand that. Uh, steady flow. You know, when you get customers like, and, and the expectation is as much as they don't say it is, but the expectation is, Hey, you just got to work through it. Um, you know, no, my managers, help out. they were telling me to, to go take a break. They're like, yo, go take a break, man. We'll handle it. I'm like, no, man, it's, we have like seven people waiting and like it's the busiest day of the year. Like, look, I'm grabbing food in between going to the back and like, you know, like I, I would make customers wait a little bit longer so like I could, you know, like sneak some food in and then go out and sell them the, the like the products. But like 
I work commission, you know, like it, it behooves me to be out on the sales floor selling. So if I could do that, I'm going to do that. And if we have a steady flow, like it's better for me. So like, yeah, I, I did really well on black Friday. So like, I'm not complaining about it, but for other people, I know like it sucks. Like when I worked at Best Buy, I had to be at Best Buy Thursday at 4 PM because we opened at five, you know? And like, that's the shit that pisses yeah, but you know me Black Fly- Friday only uh, continues because of logic like that. Yeah. So I mean, you don't see... It's too the... bad for me, but it's bad for other people. So sympathies with them. No, 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 but, no, no. Hey, it was a good commission day for me. Yeah, you don't see it's the still... inherent issue of that with you not like not taking the time that you're supposed to have, like the mandated time that you're supposed to have to be able to take a break. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, like... I, I'm, I, I understand that part of it. But like I'm saying, for, for I, I don't shop on thanksgiving day right like i refuse to and i get pissed off when i have family members that go and shop on thanksgiving because it's people that go and shop on thanksgiving that allows stores to open early and make their their employees come in at like 4 p.m on thanksgiving instead of being with their family that's bullshit all right i'm okay with my store opening two hours early or three hours early on friday itself right that i'm okay with had I had a store that like had more employees, I would have taken my break. But because my store doesn't have as many employees, that's why I decided to stay. It wasn't I was told to or I was even implied that I should. It was you need to go take your lunch and me saying no. Yes, yeah, but that's that's internalizing the the hegemony of, of yeah. capitalism. Kind of bad. That's the thing. Hegemony. The though. thing about hegemony is that it's not that it it's coercive. It's the exact opposite of coercive. It convinces you that the values that benefit the wealthy or the elite are the values that benefit you. That's the thing. Hegemony is not like like hey, we're gonna force you to do this thing, or it's a culture of coercion. Quite the opposite. That's what makes it so insidious. Is that it convinces you. This is, it's why it's why poor whites vote Republican. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like they, they, the, the, it doesn't benefit them in any way, shape, or form. But they think it does. They think that it's good for them. They think that it's beneficial for them. They think that they're getting something by voting for policies that favor people that aren't them. Right, mm-hmm. the wealthy elite. That's how hegemony works. So even if you're saying like, oh, I, you know, I know that they would have let me take in my lunch. The fact that you didn't take your lunch means that you did internalize to a certain extent the culture that benefits the corporation. Yeah, oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that, but it was... And the, that's the thing with Black Friday, too. It's like, it doesn't matter whether it opens early or it opens on Thursday or if it opens on Friday. The entire construct of Black Friday is a scam. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the worst and horrific scams perpetuated. Like, let's, let's all market this printer that's usually $400. We'll make it $350 or something, but we'll spend a few weeks before marking it up so that on Black Friday, we can drop it to its normal price and then pretend it's a great deal um, and then have people fight over it. Yeah. I mean, Black Friday is such a bizarre, like, like you look at it and you go, this, is, this should not exist. Yeah. This only exists in sitcoms and novels and well i you know no one reads a novel so you know it exists in viral video this isn't real but it is and that's what's crazy i've always i always like kind of like shake my head when i see the videos uh that show of like canadians do black friday or like last year that one british dude that showed up for black friday there's literally one guy out there and they clapped for him as he walked and i don't think he even bought anything he just kind of wandered about because you look at stuff like that and you go 
America is like in a whole different universe. Yeah, we are. Like, I it's was, not even on the same planet as everybody else. Yeah, well, we our consumerism in America is like the worst in the world. I would say, I think. But I, I like just can't understand how I do. I do understand. I know how it historically has come about. But there's a part of me that goes, "Y'all are grown ass people fighting over the last flat screen TV." Really? It's sad. It's honestly, it's it's really sad. I think People there's some fights too, right? Yeah, yeah, no. I said there's a, it's all, I mean, there's every every year there's the videos on Twitter of people getting in fights over stupid shit, right? There was two yeah. guys in Southern California that were fist fighting in a Walmart for some stuff. And like, well, you know, what's I, I think what's always really funny is I don't, you know, I didn't go out for black. I never do. It's a hassle, right? I'd rather, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, I, I just, you know, I don't mind paying an extra 20 bucks if it means I don't have to deal with people. Yeah. Like, oh, same. You know, um, but, you know, the reality is like it. there's no reason why these companies can't be like, all right, well, we're going to extend the sale the next couple of days. <laughs> so, everyone, you know, like what's what's telling them that they can't do that? Right. <laughs> people are getting trampled. Well, it's not, you know, our way of preventing people from getting trampled over stupid shit is to extend the sale for a week. Yeah, look, don't go crazy over this TV. There's plenty of it. We'll have yeah. them in stock for a week. Don't kill anybody over. I saw, I literally saw a, a video of two women fighting, and one of the women pushes the little kid of the other woman. Yeah. Over, yeah. over. I don't even know what they were fighting over. And I'm just like, my God, people. Yeah. It takes very little for, for people to turn on them on each other. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's like one of those like weird Twilight Zone experiments where it's like, you know, Monsters of Maple Street type shit oh, where like that. they take away it. the power and then people just like go into like their most basis like lizard brain instincts. But the, the fascinating thing about this is that we are how complicit we really are, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's not that it's not that these corporations are, are running and all powerful. They're not. They're actually very fragile, but they rely on our complicity for it to happen. Uh, whether we participate in Cyber Monday or whatever, right? Like, there is some every, in every way. Like the fact that grown people are willing to fight over TVs is why these corporations are able to do what they are able to do, and that is to have something like a Black Friday. Now, you come from a different, completely different world. You don't work in retail; but you've worked in service, so you've already seen kind of how horrible people can be at the drop of a hat, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just miserable. And the holidays brings out the worst of those people. Yeah, I think it's always interesting, right? Because like whenever the concept of Jesus comes up, people start to get really, really upset about things for some reason, right? I mean, whenever that dude, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he bleached his skin and got abs and shit. And then all of a sudden people want to start fucking each other over for pizzas or for, you know, for Popeye's chicken sandwiches or for TVs or whatever the hell else. Like, I don't know what's going on, right? That one Papa John's guy is going crazy. He's got a weird, greasy haircut talking about a day of reckoning and shit. Right. And then people at Walmart get the day of reckoning. I'm worried about his bowels. He said, he I had know, 40 seriously, pizzas in 30 days. I know. It's seriously. Insane. It's intestines must be blocked up. My God. It, honestly, that interview looked like he hadn't shit in weeks, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Like that's, you know, that's another, he should eat a rotan chair to get enough fiber to like open up his intestines. Right. <laughs> but you know, we didn't need to talk about him and his racist ass. Like what, what I find troubling is that, I don't know if you guys read this or not, but, you know, there was a Guardian article that had come out yeah. uh, recently talking yeah. about how Walmart and well, I'll be the first to like, Walmart sucks. I hate fuck. I fucking hate yeah. Walmart. Of all, right? the, of all the corporations, it's one of the worst of all the yeah. retail corporations, I should say. It's one and of I, the can worst. T- I can tell you from personal experience. I used to work at a five star hotel. Right. I yeah. served the Walton family. Right. 
they're horrible fucking people. Yeah. You can always tell you can always tell a person's character by the way they treat service staff, right? That's always yeah. that's a good rule of thumb. And they treat service staff like shit. They're horrible. You know, they're worth $150 billion collectively or something stupid like that, right? And uh, you know, they're just they're just they're not good, right? And what's crazy about this Guardian article that I read was that you know, um, in, to, in 2016, what they essentially did was they talked about how they were going to uh, give associates greater flexibility, which is, you know, a code word for we're going to fuck you over without telling you mm-hmm. um, by by basically combining vacation, holiday, sick and personal time into one mm-hmm. big like, loot, you know, thing of thing. So they, so people have more flexibility to choose their time off. But as a result, they also took away holiday pay, yeah. um, wow. which is real fucked up because it's like Target even Amazon gives time and a half for holiday pay, right? It's like yeah, people just yeah. get paid more because they have to deal with this shit, right? Mm-hmm. People stabbing each other over mm-hmm. Tickle Me Elmo in the 90s and shit, right? Oh, all of that, you know, all that fucked up stuff, right? So as because they took away the holiday pay, you know, as a way of, of I guess, I guess their incentive for having people to work or their way of kind of, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, you know, compensating for that. Right. They essentially what they did was uh, when you work at Walmart, you get a 10 percent employee discount on a certain like certain items right mm-hmm. essentially they extended that 10 percent discount to like most of their groceries so just on food mm-hmm. um they extended it for regular workers and then if you were to work all your scheduled shifts over that black friday weekend for two days you would get an additional 15 percent discount for the store that you work at jesus christ right so, i mean let's let's break this down for just a quick second is that when you get paid, as it is, it's already a scam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially on holiday pay. Holiday pay is like it's it's a band-aid. It's like a here, I'm giving you an extra dime for the ten dollars that I'm making. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's the reality of it. The increase of in money is so vast that even corporations are like, all right, we should probably give them some crumbs. But yeah. it's enough to say, you know, we recognize that this is a crazy time of year. You're going above and beyond ordinary call of duty. Now imagine going, I'm not going to give you any of that. I'm going to give you a discount to buy shit at my store yeah. that you've been working at. Like That's like double the scam. Oh, yeah. This that's is literally like, like, not only am I making a profit off of you, but I want to make even more of a profit off of you. I know. Like, think, I'm fucked up. It's like, think, think, think about this. 10% is basically in California. That's the tax. They basically made it so yeah. they didn't, you didn't, yeah. so you didn't pay the tax on whatever you bought. Yeah. Right now, the, the discount was only valid for two days, the additional 15 percent. Right. So basically you had to go in there. You had to work the whole weekend and yeah. provided that you nothing happened. You didn't call out sick. You didn't uh, you didn't take any vacation time, et cetera, et cetera. Was the is the only way that you were able to get that 15 extra 15 percent off. Mm. Right. Um, so <laughs> so even then a 25 percent discount, the markups that you that you make, especially in a big box retailer, are so freaking high because they buy in so much bulk. Yeah. That, you know, things cost cents, right? And then they charge, you know, the markups are ridiculously high no matter where you go. It just um, goes to show you that about how little these people actually care about their workers. Oh, how yeah. How little at the end of the day. I mean, imagine it is. How, what would you, what would your response be if that was your corporation's? I mean, like, like they, like they, you, you still get commission, but you're not getting holiday pay anymore. We're going to give you a discount on buying shit from us. Yeah, no, like... So here's something they did, all right? And I was okay with this. We used to get um, bonuses every quarter based on the store's um, 
a net promoter score, right? Which means like your customer service scores. So we used to get a, a bonus on that. If you got a certain level, you know, you'd get like $200, $300, $400, whatever. You'd get like a couple hundred dollars extra every quarter. They got rid of that. They gave us an extra $3 hourly to make up for it. Like the whole year. I was cool with that, right? Like there was no guarantee that like our customer service scores would be good like at the end of the quarter because it's not just me who has to get good customer service scores. It's everyone in my, like my store. So they just gave everyone a pay increase. I'm okay with that. But if they had told me like, yeah, we're just going to make your employee discount like an extra 10%, I would not have been okay with that at all. I probably would have left the company. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous. Cause it's like, even then like, Oh, we're still making money. off. <laughs> we're going to take away, we're going to take away the extra money. We're gonna make more, and we're gonna we're gonna take away that extra money that we were we were going to pay you, or that mm-hmm. we had planned on paying you at one point, and we're gonna make it so you'll still we'll, we'll still take even more money from you on top of that of what we're not paying you already. Like it's so fucked up, and you know what's crazy is that Target, Amazon, all these companies do it right. It's not great, but it's certainly better than what they're doing. And then then you also have these companies like Trader Joe's and Costco who just closed that day, right? Mm-hmm. Who who. I think who also an REI is a big one too, where they're going. People need to spend time with their families, right? It, it, what can you what can you get here that you can't get any other time of year that you absolutely need? It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense, right? Now, you know what, what's going on with that? After Walmart kind of got caught in this whole thing, right? A lot of people were talking about people talk badly about Walmart all the time, right? I don't think it changed their sales at all, but according to them. Uh, this is a quote unquote once again, because uh, so to give our associates added flexibility, there's that word again around how they choose to use their expanded holiday discount. We've extended the dates to December to December 5th to the 13th with Thanksgiving being later this year. Our associates asked for more options. There's that word again in being able to use the extra discount they earned. Right. So basically they went, well, it wasn't because people were talking badly about us, but we've also ex- we've extended the extra 15 percent discount to the associates that worked over Black Friday weekend. That was their response to this bullshit, that's, right? Yeah, like that's, how, how fucking no, stupid is that? That's that's terrible. I, I I don't understand it. But then again, they're they're not known for treating their employees well. They've kind of treated their employees for shit for years, and it's it's a reason why I don't shop at Walmart. Like I'll go out of my way to not go to a Walmart um, as much as I can. Like I can't remember the last time I bought anything from Walmart, to be honest, but. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't do. I mean, that's not really my thing. I, it's got a weird Moss Eisley Cantina thing. If you understand the Obi Wan quote from <laughs> A New Hope to it, right? But, but like you, that's you've never seen uh, a, a, something with more scum and treachery, <laughs> scum and villainy, right? You know, yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's a little bit, and also to get your tires changed. But that's you know, maybe it's a little bit extreme for the view of Walmart. But let's go on to something else, guys, because you know there are a lot of a lot of black things going on this weekend, right? Black Widow. Apparently, uh, you know, I, another thing that I really don't, I really actually don't care to, uh, to really see, to be honest with you, to be a part of, uh, that black widow trailer just came out. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, don't (laughs) see now that's, that's the problem there. It's like, you know, you have to automatically think of this shit. So anyway, black widow, right? I mean, the, the trailer had just come out, uh, I think this weekend actually. And I quite frankly, didn't think that black widow would ever get a movie, um, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't know about you guys, but I just never found her all that interesting of a character, to be honest with you. She didn't really do a whole lot for me um, in the Avengers anyway. Uh, but 
what's great, what's interesting about this is that it's actually a callback to the first Avengers. Uh, you know, you kind of see this shot of Budapest in Hungary. And, you know, if you ever watch Avengers 1, I actually watched it again a couple of days ago. She talks to Hawkeye about, about being in Budapest, right? Some operation that they did. So they're kind of bringing it back to that first Avengers movie. We're also seeing, you know, uh, General, General Thaddeus Ross, who was who's Red Hulk in the comics, show back up again. He was kind of the, I guess, government power, you know, during the, the Civil War movies. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's coming back as kind of the as kind of, I guess, the government power. I guess the representation of government power. He was also uh, what, Hulk, right? Yeah, I think he was. Um, yeah, he, see, he played that girl's dad, I think. Yeah. Liv Taylor. So uh, what's actually the most interesting thing about this movie, uh, and I, I personally, I don't know about you guys, but like the, the villain, one of the villains anyway, is going to be Taskmaster, uh, which is one of my favorite mercenary villains because He's in he's in a lot of Deadpool comics. Like he got a yeah. lot of his fame yeah, through yeah. Deadpool, right? And he gained a little bit of fame because they put him in Marvel versus Capcom and everything else. But he's an interesting character because he's a he's a guy who has what's called photoreflexive muscle memory, which basically he can like look at a fighting style and he automatically like remembers it. He's meant to be the Marvel equivalent of Hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of Huntress's dad, right? Like a, yeah. of, of uh, Artemis's dad. He's the Marvel equivalent of it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And I think he also has that kind of that same kind of moral, like gray area quality about him too. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. He actually has become kind of a good, in the Deadpool universe, he's like, he's almost the straight man to Deadpool's comedic effect, right? He's mm. like the, he's the mercenary who's like almost just as good. But he's right. also like a kind of a straight laced, straight shooter type mercenary, whereas Deadpool in juxtaposition is, you know, kind of the yeah. zany version of him. What's right? his name is also in this. Uh, the guy from Stranger Things and Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Uh, da- David Harbour. David um, Harbour. Yeah. Yeah. So the, he's playing Red Guardian, which is like the Russian Soviet version of Captain America. Yeah. It looked like know, a very, you got fat. Yeah. It looked like a very Captain America suit there. Yeah. Um, I, the, yeah. the girl who paid, who played, uh, Paige in fighting with my family is in this Florence Pew, Pooh, Poe, Pew. I don't know how to pronounce uh, it. Florence Nightingale. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. The famous Marvel character, Florence Nightingale. No, I'm talking this about probably the, is the one. actress, Let's face it. the actress Florence Poe or Pew. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She's like a British actor. Yes, Florence Nightingale. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And then the, the chick, Rachel, Rachel Weiss, Weiss, <laughs> the chick from the mummy is in this too. Wait, is she in this? Is she in this? Really? Yeah, she, she's in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rachel Weisz. Oh, now I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Rachel Weisz like a, was my fucking crush for ages. Yo, so um, I, <laughs> this is kind of off topic, but like people who like rewatch the Mummy who are bisexual talk about how like Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz opened up their eyes to being bisexual at a young age because yeah, or, or, or it's a, she's a, a the LGBTQ community in particular. If you were queer, lesbian, or bisexual, uh, Rachel Weisz was your was your vibe. Really? Well, why? Why? I don't know. Apparently, she's got that haunted, nerdy, but sexy thing going on. Someone, uh, someone actually wrote a viral tweet about her. She's like a cursed locket or something. 
<laughs> it's like there's some aesthetic about her that's just it's very appealing but whatever it is she is she was my nerd crush for ages oh i love rachel, rachel weiss yeah she's so, awesome particularly so. in that movie uh the mummy i love that take that pembroke scholars or pembridge scholars i love pembridge that. scholars yeah yeah <laughs> it cracks me up to, to yeah. and so now i'm that, gonna watch it up until this point i actually was uh sleeping with my eyes open as you were talking uh <laughs> not because you were boring which you are but um because <laughs> black widow just bores the fuck out of me dick i'm so sorry i know that like we're we're supposed to be woke and like hey women like but like she represents to me like human mediocrity you got fucking superheroes and then this lady sitting here cocking her gun and i'm just like i can't yeah but uh, in fairness it's not just black widow if they made a movie about hawkeye i'd feel the exact same i would be more i hate those I would be more inclined to watch a Hawkeye movie than I would Black Widow. I think, no, well, that's because you're a misogynist piece of shit. No, dude, I, I think <laughs> Hawkeye has a like has a crazy family story. I want to see him. Train no, he does. I don't give two shits about him or his family. In fact, it was the it was the scene they were trying to go for emotional when it happened, and the and they they faded. Couldn't care. Couldn't care. I was more emotional over Spider Man uh, fading away. That was I'll, a I'll, whole I'm, different I'm, movie. I'm, 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 I'm whatever. Keeping it real, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about Hawkeye with his with his fucking legless bow. I don't give a shit about Scarlet. Well, no, Scarlet. What's her name? Black Widow. Black Widow. Don't give two shits about them. It makes no sense in my mind. It's one of the dumbest forms of writing I've ever heard. These two losers amongst gods. Like, no, just go away. So I was had no plans whatsoever about watching this movie. Yeah. In fact, but now that you said Rachel Weiss is in it. Mm-hmm. And dude that played Hellboy is in it. I might give it a go, but yeah. I'm gonna stream it illegally. That's true. Yeah, I mean that. I think that allegedly, that, that's a, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, that, I feel like that's actually a good. That's a that's a good compromise right there, right? Because technically, you're supporting the art in your own way, in an intellectual way. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. It's free yeah. advertisement, but I refuse to give them any bit of my money. No that's money. Like, that's like a YouTube sponsor, right? It's like you know. I mean, I'll do. I'll talk about your stuff if you give it to me for free. But there's no way I'm actually going to pay for it, right? right. It's gonna, yeah, pretty much yeah. the same thing. Well, I mean, and I'm I'm also like I'm done. Like I like Marvel. It's fun. It was great. But like I'm also I'm like all right. I've had my. I feel fulfilled. Yeah. And if something comes along the way that really excites me, like Black Panther or Doctor Strange, yeah, I'll go watch it. But I'm not invested in the story arc anymore. Yeah, I'm just not. I- you know, honestly, for me, it's uh, ScarJo has really been pissing me off. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Also, she just recently did that interview where she doubled down on her like uh, dumbass. I support Woody Allen take. Yeah, yeah. You right. Know. It's like okay, no thanks. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you can't even play a Russian operative correctly. What makes you think you can play an Asian character too? Yeah. Fucking pissing me she off. She does. I mean, <laughs> she does play herself in like yeah, yeah. every movie. Yeah. But in fairness, so too does Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey charming. Jr. just plays Robert Downey Jr. With an movie. accent. And they're like, here, take millions of dollars yeah. with yeah, an accent. It, it's weird, though, because like, he's so charismatic that like they change the characters to fit him. I guess. Right? Yeah, which is, which is, you know, which is what it is. I, I don't know if it's good or it's bad, but like. You know, he doesn't people want to see him that way, right? I don't I don't know I, a lot of people who want to be like, I'm really into Scarlett Johansson's uh charisma acting. and character. Yeah. yeah. And well, I think I think people really like Black Widow because it's Scarlett Johansson. Let's be real. Dude, and then I think like in some looks, regards bro. it's a sh- it's a shame because she overshadows uh some really cooler, I think, female characters. I think Scarlet Witch Scarlet Scarlet Witch is a fucking compelling ass character. 
Really interesting background. I also kind of like the idea that they sort of played around with, but they didn't quite fully, you know, dive into. Is like her powers aren't entirely reliable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Neither is that accent, but you know, (laughs) let's be real. The accent was shit. But I was like, that's a good angle to play. That could have been interesting. I would have gone and watched a standalone Scarlet Witch flick. I, I would too. But Black Widow. Not no. so much. No. It's yeah. Russian propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. They're doing it right before the 2020 primary elections. Mm. So it's all a conspiracy. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not – I was more interested. Like, they literally, like, paired her up with so many men in that damn Marvel universe. you notice that? Yeah, they, they did. They did that it, thing where it's like she, like, had a weird, like, tryst. It's not even a tryst. Like, a weird connection with all of them. Like, But that's because, again, she represents, in my opinion, kind of – the worst example of what happens when men write what they think is mm-hmm. empowered women. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've talked about this before is that a lot of times when you think of, of people's pushback against woke female characters, the problem isn't actually the female character. The problem is the male writer. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's so like the, there's a lot of times that the, 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 the writing, it comes down to dudes who think they know what it means to write an empowered female character. Mm-hmm. And Scar- and um, uh, Black Widow is a prime example of this. She's really just a kind of female foil to any male character that's there. Yeah. So think about it. So think about um, Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. Her only real function in the entire movie is what? David Banner or Bruce Banner. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Calming down Bruce Banner. Think about it. Literally, she does nothing else in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her getting kidnapped is catalyst for the dudes to come and rescue her. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, she really isn't. And then like, okay, she's going to kick ass and beat some people up. That's it. She's not a good example of a female character that has a lot of agency, that is truly empowered. It's because it's a dude's writing her, right? And so that there, there's that's the pitfall for black widow and also why she happens to be a fan favorite amongst guys yeah you know no one's complaining about oh she's a mary sue or whatnot you know like like mm. they do with Cap- captain marvel because she's written like, by a woman like they do with captain marvel or like they do with ray and star wars right uh, it's like it's like oh ray's a mary sue character in reality ray's character is again fundamentally flawed because of what dudes are writing her uh true a bunch, bunch of dudes are writing fucking her. ryan johnson's punk ass Ryan Johnson, yeah. Although people have been praising him recently because of his uh, new movie Knives, Knives Out, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they that, said it's yeah. been it's been really good, which is a bit of a shame to be clear. Because I I was hoping to he would be punished like D and D. I want the I want the the gods of Hollywood to punish him, uh, but that's that's only you sound <laughs> only you sound bad. like fucking Lucifer from the TV show Lucifer. He needs to that's be punished a little bit. Um, but the, the, Ray actually brings up an interesting thing that's been going on recently and that is that uh twitter just received the official disney hashtag for ray and uh kylo ren so you can spend these corporations spend millions of dollars to have official hashtags and those hashtags will then have little icons next to them yeah yeah yeah. right so what we saw over the weekend this past week is that if you hashtag hashtag kylo or ray and kylo or hashtag Rilo, which is the ship name for Kylo and Ray, it now has crossed 
laser swords or lightsabers, right? Uh, I, I, used, I used the original there. You like yeah, that? That was yeah, good. Yeah. I threw it in there. Laser for swords. The, for the all the original Star Wars nerds. Um, so this is an interesting moment because Kylo and and Rey are a shipped character. Yeah. They are in, 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 you know, considered a big ship in the Star Wars universe. But now you have Disney playing on that ship. Mm. And that raises all sorts of questions. So what is shipping? Do either of you know what shipping is? Like a it's Star a, Destroyer. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's what you pay no. for for on Amazon to get your stuff to you. No, that's not what shipping is. Oh. Shipping is a, a sort of fantasy or fandom experience in which you imagine a relationship, hence the word ship, between two fictional characters. Mm, that's okay. the kind. That's what shipping means. So like and a relationship. Like relationship. And uh, there's okay. a long history of it. And even before the word shipping existed, we have had examples of this going all the way back to the Beatles, where the people would ship, you know, McCarthy with, with you know, Ringo, <laughs> one of them, right? Like, oh, those two are secretly dating. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a, there's an element of fantasy and imagination at play. We saw it in Star Trek, Spock, and Kirk was a very popular one. Uh, obviously, X Files, uh, but in case in the case of X Files, I mean it's actual subtext, mm. right? Between um, Mulder and Scully, mm. and then in Xena, also very clearly subtext, right? The Xena and Gabriella are coded as partners. Hmm. Yeah, same-sex yeah. partners. So there's a lot of shipping going on there. And then for our generation, the 2000s, Harry Potter. Hermione and Harry was considered the biggest ship, followed by Hermione and Draco and Harry and Draco. Hmm. So there's an element of imagining them as as gay or LGBTQ. Oh, yeah, they do so that. there's this kind of fascinating component to shipping. Didn't they do that shit with the, the fucking One Directioners? They do that with One Direction. There's a problem that when shipping comes to real people, it's an issue, right? Uh-huh. We enter into the realm of conspiracy thinking and kind of really broken mindedness. Though in some instances, some of those ships do end up turning out true. A lot of YouTubers did come out gay after spending years saying, nope, 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 nope. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. We're not a couple. We're not a couple. All of a sudden, oh shit, they are a couple, right? Oh, like so Dan and a- Phil? I have no idea. Because Dan the, came out recently. Oh, did he? Okay, Dan, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of other ones. Uh, I was thinking Connor Franta being was the character I was thinking of. For years, people thought he was gay, and he denied it. And then Connor came out and said, no, I am I am gay. Well, let's be open. Hmm. Um, but okay, so Dan is another one. So there, uh, apparently there's a good track record for a lot of these YouTubers uh, actually coming out uh, in that regards. So there's a bit of a problem, though, when it comes to real people. But on the whole, what shipping does is a kind of way of creating a fandom. And this is the key here, is that it creates an in-group mentality. In the same way that we have inside jokes or whatnot, signposts that we're part of a community of some sort, shipping does that for fandoms. Hey, I ship so and so. Oh, that's a signpost of saying that you're part of a particular fandom. Oh, you're part of the Harry Potter fandom and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It also has the capacity of building a lot of kind of creativity because those ships often lead to fan fiction, which some of it can be really disturbing. Uh, but most of it's pretty creative. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. It's an opportunity for young people to kind of figure things out. 
But the third and kind of most productive component of shipping is that it's a way for marginalized sexual identities to explore their own sexual identity. Mm. There's something safe about saying, okay, I'm going to explore my sexuality by thinking that Harry and Draco are lovers. Oh, yeah, by proxy. The, yeah. By proxy, exactly. Oh, okay. It's the same thing with boy bands. Boy bands play off to the same role. They're just accessible enough for you to build a connection with them, but distant enough that they're safe to fantasize, right? Very different from, say, the boy in the classroom or the girl in the classroom who's Im- immediate to you. There's enough of a distance for there to be some safety in it. So shipping has had a kind of a huge component uh, on fandom culture and whole communities online have been built around shipping, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, it's like it, it's interesting because you mentioned shipping in history, right, with the Beatles. But, you know, you think about all sorts of great stories that come out of, you know, Zeus in Europa, you know, him turning into the bull or whatever. Right. Or Loki fucking that horse. You know, there's all sorts of interesting ships going on all over the place. And those, those turn into stories themselves. Right. I mean, I guess that's the uh, one of the originals. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, you could certainly say that mythology has, you know, in some regards, the, the precedent to shipping. Slightly, slightly different, but it's an example of the creative way that people have imagined things. Good for you, children, yeah. learning about ancient history through all your weird shit with anime and everything else, <laughs> right? So, like, I, you know, I actually went and looked this up while you were talking, but there's actually a, um, a shipping Wikipedia page, which oh, is shit, interesting. No yeah, like, there's a shipping wiki, and essentially, like, what they've done is they've connected, like, all sorts of, you know, just all these characters, all these ships together, and they've kind of put photos, and there's also the fan things. You know, it's like it's like a wiki page, so people can actually come in and, and uh, do, like, uh, you know, like, put in their own information, and literally it's just like these like people like cable pool is one here that there's a whole there's a picture gallery oh, for, ca- for, for cable and deadpool, deadpool? yeah like there's oh a- that's too funny well that's another convention of shipping is when you ship someone you got to come up with a name for them so yeah. in the case of star wars it's raylo ray and kylo and so you said what was this cable pool yeah cable pool cable pool oh interesting yeah and they have a whole comic book series cable and deadpool right where there's like they're like yeah. traveling through yeah. time with each other right so you know, right. and you know, you, you never know, you know, things may happen in the midst of the space time continuum. Who are we to judge? Right. But like, <laughs> right. You know, uh, this is interesting to me, though, because, you know, they, they do this thing where it, it's really, you know, they actually have a page called fandoms where they where you actually can yeah. sort everything based on fandoms. There's Arrow and like Supergirl. There's some Sonic the Hedgehog shit going on in here, which I find a little bit disturbing, you know, which is. Mm-hmm. Not really my thing, but you know, Sonic has a weird thing over these nerds, right? I don't know what it is. Yeah, there's some power. Yeah, you know, but uh, you also have people who literally they have ship battles where people are battling like couples with each other, like it's a fucking weird yes. battle, the sexist thing going on. Like, yes, I'm just, yes, which ship is better than which? Oh my god, yeah, and it's so yeah. interesting to me because people, uh, you know, I spent, you know, went to some community colleges classes last year, right? And I'm hanging out with a bunch of 19 year olds in class and everything else, and they're using mm-hmm. it like as a regular, like. Like I ship them is like a, a like a it's almost like how we say okay boomer where like when you ship something yeah 
it's like a whole language of its own implied, you know, ideals, yes. right? Yes. There's a whole kind of that's really good point there. There's a whole like internet lexicon and lingo associated with it. So there's like real ships that is the people like building whole communities over it, right? Like, oh, I'm a ship I ship so and so together. Yeah. And then there's just the language ship. Uh when you like them, you could I've because you're right. I've heard people say, oh, I ship those two together. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not talking about like a fantasy relationship. They're just like, oh, I just think they'd be a cute couple. Yeah. So you see how like the the language itself, the internet fandom language has now become mainstream language. What's interesting too is like there's whole like a whole language associated with this. If a ship goes canon, that's the ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right? Or if or if something happens, that ship has sunk. Yeah. Oh, geez. There's yeah. like a whole language associated with it. It's really fascinating. So exactly what, what happens if uh, if the relationship and the shipping goes wrong? Is it does the ship capsize? Is that what the uh, what the <laughs> no, term is for? I, I if it goes know. if it goes sideways? Anyway, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Um, that's that's neither here. I just a random thought that just kind of came through. Um, you know, what I really want to talk about is that, you know, because I work in in conventions, right? So I'm going to anime stuff and comic stuff all the time. Um, you know, cosplay and shipping are very kind of intertwined with one another culturally, right? You see all sorts of interesting things. Now, some people will ship characters in the sense that they'll be like a half and half character where they literally put them together and like create like almost like a fusion of the two, right? Which is infinitely interesting. But what I find more kind of uh, more common is that you'll have two characters from like two different universes or the same universe who are cosplaying, right? And then they'll try to ship together uh, in photos or, you know, uh, take, they'll take photos together or do put themselves in, in their own scenes. Oh yeah. Things like that at conventions. Now, I think the important thing, it's always kind of important to mention is that, you know, the concept of cosplay is not consent, right? So for some people, the shipping is, it's a lot stronger than others. Mm-hmm. And now uh, with that being said, right. If one person is, you know, sees the ship and they love it and they want to take a photo, it doesn't necessarily mean that the other person who's consenting to the photo also believes in that ship so mm-hmm. you know you have to like make sure that's the thing is for any of our younger listeners who do that stuff you just gotta make sure that everyone understands kind of the ground rules even if it's not like a sexual thing you know you always got to be careful on both sides of that stuff right uh and that, you know i think that's probably the most important thing about the whole cosplay thing in general now this is not even it's not digital fantasy world anymore it's real life so you got to mm-hmm. be careful with that stuff. Yeah, yeah then- I mean, the, the the whenever it comes over into the real world, it's a problem. It's bad enough when you start shipping real people. It's another problem when you start assuming that cosplay characters who are cosplaying as your favorite characters are just dolls for you to ship and whatnot. That that gets weird. It gets yeah. very, very uncomfortable. I will tell you what the most safest ship in the world is, and this is the one where I think everyone can agree on, right? Uh, cheese and the tortilla queso and tortilla mixed together makes the quesadilla the best ship in the world it's not a ship because it's canon (laughs) Uh, ships have cannons yes good job their pirates use them (laughs) well fair enough so look sports people have been shipping right not in a in a relationship kind of way no yes we have man as sports fans we like we try to think of like how our teams could be if we got this player on our team. Right. And to me, that's a form of shipping, right? Cause it's like, you're using your brain to, to try to see like what would happen. Like if uh, LeBron James played for the Lakers, right? This is before he joined the Lakers. So we have like sports games. So you have uh Madden and FIFA and the NBA 2K series. Um, right. You, you have an option of, 
you know, playing in a franchise mode where you are effectively the general manager. So you get to make trades or draft people that like you would ultimately want to see on your favorite team and like kind of see how they work out on your team. Right. So those aren't exactly ships, but they are a good example of that. There is plenty of fantasy and exploration in sports that we often talk about shipping, role playing, all that as sort of a nerd thing. Right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's D and D people do that. Tumblr people do that. But the reality yeah. is, guess what? Yeah, so do athletes, so do sports fans. D and D fantasy football, right? Like there's a lot there. And certainly what we can like there's a lot of people that kind of tease about shipping. There may not be shipping in NBA or in sports, but there sure as hell is that same fantasy element that involves taking real players and kind of making them, as, as to a certain extent, just kind of players, fantasy players in your own world, metaphors, yeah. stand-ins or whatnot. And it's for you to explore your own skills as a football coach or whatnot. So there is definitely that element of creativity. So on the whole, shipping is a relatively productive, constructive thing. It's not a bad thing in, in general. There are some components that can be problematic, right? Uh, I think uh, sometimes the fantasy element can lead to some really weird ideas age play is something that we often find not often but can be found in shipping which is a little bit of an issue Mm. between really young characters and really old characters it's anime Uh, a lot of anime it's anime and then the language is always like oh well it's it's fantasy it's not a big deal the problem is that we live in an era where fantasy and reality blur a lot but the issue that i have with fan with shipping is not with shipping itself but the way in which companies use ships so what ends up happening is that there is something called ship baiting ship baiting is when a story a franchise a corporation etc takes the fandom's ship and plays on it for story elements or for story purposes we see this a lot in uh, corporations that under that are very aware they're aware of what's going on and then they use it as a way of kind of building free advertisement this rilo ship is an example of it so rilo uh, is a fantasy ship created by the fandom you know let them do their thing but mm-hmm. the question is at the end of the day does the relationship between kylo and ray actually push the story along or is it another example of dudes writing women and the answer is that it doesn't push the story along there unless something happens in this next movie the rise of skywalker there's no clear reason why these two should have any connection yeah and yeah. certainly doesn't need to be sexual and romantic I yeah. hope not. Right? Like, I really hope the not. build up in the last one, I, that's one of the things I didn't like about The Last Jedi. You didn't need it to be that way. Yeah. You didn't need to build this, like, ooh, we're going to DM each other from thousands of miles away. You know what I mean? Like, it, I didn't. I, I don't need that sexual tension. So it's clear that Disney, by using that, by creating this official hashtag, is ship baiting. They recognize that there are shippers out there and they're exploiting their ship for profit and gain. It's free mm-hmm. advertisement. But that's that's just one example of exploitation. Another one is in which shipbaiting actually starts to impact the story. There are whole series that are supported by the fact that there are shippers out there. Supernatural is an example of this. Supernatural should have ended 10 seasons ago. <laughs> Let's be real. The only reason it continued for 10 seasons on is because of shipping. The writers and supernatural writers, credit where credit to do, were probably the most self-aware writers in the industry. 
consciously tap into the various ships that exist, and they build in all sorts of subtext. They ship bait. They know that people ship Sam and Dean together, even though they're twin brothers. Or not twin brothers, but they're brothers, right? Brothers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they they know there's Slash out there. They did the whole, they did a whole episode where Sam and Dean actually meet their shippers. Wow. Uh, and they're like, oh, these people uh, believe in a fantasy version of Supernatural, but it's really our lives. And it was the writers speaking directly to the fans using Sam and Dean. But they also um, have played to this. They go, okay, we know that Sam and there's Sam and Dean slash, you know, the, the fan fiction that is sexual. But then they also create what I call jiffable moments, very deliberately emotional moments between the two brothers that can be coded as homoerotic. Yeah, yeah. They do the same thing. Dean is very openly heterosexual. He's sleeping with women this entire time. But they very openly code or create a subtext between him and Castiel. Taking the friendship to the shipping level. That's a deliberate ship bait. This is the writers not just giving the fans what they want, but using the fans' desire to keep a show alive. The show went from being a really interesting American gothic horror story of building American mythology and monsters and whatnot, went into this kind of apocalypse phase. Gray's not interesting. And then for the next 10 seasons, every season is the world's about to end and these two brothers have got to save them. The story has just been degraded to points where angels no longer make sense, demons don't make sense, nothing makes sense. But people kept tuning in or keep tuning in because of the emotional component, the drug component, the the give me that serotonin drip component. I want to see Sam make puppy eyes at... Dean and I want Dean to uh, semi break up with Castiel. You know what I mean? Like definitely, that's yeah. that becomes the issue is when ships get co opted. Let ships be the realm of fantasy. Let it be the realm of people exploring their sexualities. Let them write all sorts of uh, you know fan fiction about Castiel and Dean. I think that's great. That's that's marginal sexual sexual identities trying to figure out what's going on based off of their creativity. That's a good thing. What I don't want to see is writers co-opting that. I don't want to see people to take those ships and use them as a way to either A, market and sell as Disney is doing with with Kylo and Rey. It's bad enough they've got Baby Yoda. Now they're, they're using ships. Yeah. And B, to keep a show alive like they're doing with Supernatural. It's an exploitative and parasocial relationship, and it's not a good one. And it also impacts storytelling. The storytelling suffers from it. So there is a overwhelmingly a positive experience with shipping. This is just one really bad, uh, uh, exploitative example of it. And that's almost always because corporations and fucking companies get involved. I mean, yeah, you got to be careful with like what ships and what doesn't, right? Because it's like, I just assumed that like Ray and Kylo were like brother and sister, yeah. right? And it's like that weird like Luke and Leia thing, right? Yeah. And like, you know, I, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not super into that stuff, but it's a whole Pornhub category now. Oh, so, Jesus. you know, you got to be careful with that shit, you know, because it's all, you know, it's all yeah, sorts well, that's of the, fucked up. That's the other element of, of shipping that is a bit of an issue. So like, on the whole, again, shipping is constructive. It's positive. It's only really becomes an issue when corporations get involved and exploit it, when they ship bait, right? And when authors do it deliberately, it's a problem there. But the other aspect is that we do live in an era where I think fantasy and reality are deeply blurred. Reality TV, social media, YouTube, all of this really kind of fucks with our understanding of what is real and what's not. Um, And it makes it worse within the context of capitalism 
right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these things are sort of breaking down. Neoliberalism breaks down a lot of our ways of understanding the world. And that's when fantasy kind of can lead to problematic elements. It's fine to ship things. It becomes an issue um, when you start shipping, when sh- you ship real people and there's their sister and brother. Yeah. Or, you know, there's an age gap or whatnot. But that's when it becomes a problem. So there are some some perverse elements, I think, to shipping. But on the whole, it can be constructive. But it, it is an interesting kind of phenomenon, an internet phenomenon. It has become an internet phenomenon, even if it predates the internet. And it really speaks to the way in which we try to imagine human intimacies uh, and try to read in subtext. As a result, most of shipping comes out of people trying to find representation, right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't if you know, if you start to have real representation, I think some of this stuff will, will to a certain extent, just become canon, right? Like you don't need to ship Draco and Hermione if there was, or Draco and Harry if there was real gay representation in Harry Potter, not the post hoc. Oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay bullshit, but like actual yeah. real representation there, right? Yeah, you wouldn't mm-hmm. need to ship Dean and and Castile if there was real gay representation on Supernatural. So I think there there is um, there's something to be said here about representation and art uh, and its relationship to shipping. But let's leave it there. This was an interesting conversation. We kind of dived through from Black Friday to, to Black Widow to the Black Heart of Shipping. Um, it was an interesting podcast, certainly. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are about. Is there a ship that you have that you've secretly been a shipper for ages? Let us know and Diz will tell you how you can get a hold of us. Yes, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. Please don't ship us on Tumblr. That would just be weird. Two of us are related. Um, we're also on YouTube, oh, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. Um, you could find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. If you're already subscribed to us, you're an amazing player or an amazing person. If you're not, then you're a terrible person and you need to subscribe to us and make your friends subscribe to us because you're not really a friend until you expose your friends to currently nerdy. Um, and if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can V how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, will you ever get tired of ruining culture for generation Z? That's nope. neither here nor there. We're not going to say anything. Never. About that. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTran 214. That's V Y. T-R-A and 214 on my website, thesandwichslayer.com. Elite. Fuck you. I said shipping was perfectly fine. (laughs) This is my mildest, mildest critiques. It was directed at corporations, asshole. All right. You can catch me on my social media, A-A-O-L-O-M-I. I have a new cool uh, mythology thread coming out really shortly uh, so, shipping check, some that, so check that out uh, you can also find me on my website alialomi.com or on our sister podcast head on history diz you can find me everywhere at dizbulla d-i-z-b-u-l-l-a-h and also on the currently nerdy sports podcast that's soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy sports fantasy playoffs are up right now pay attention so i can help you win your damn fantasy league for everyone here at currently nerdy thank you for tuning in and remember stay smart sexy nerds all hail the currently nerdy empire.